on this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. Badgers are Big Ten champs. How do we get here? Uh, we talk with uh, Badgers beat writer Asher Lowe a little bit about that. Obviously, recap the two games, Northwestern, Indiana. Take a look ahead to the Big Ten tournament. Uh, got a little NBA news. Got a little uh, things on the internet. And of course, Casey's Corner Kick, coronavirus in full effect. We have a little chat about that as well. All right, y'all, let's start the show. We're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, Marlo. Um, so, discovered a new show. Well, what my fam- my family uh-huh. did, and this is this is where I'm going to go with the intro here this week. Um, yep. So it's a it's a cartoon. It's called Bluey, and it is fantastic. It's uh, the characters, they're dogs, I think, pretty sure, uh, and they're um, it's I think it's Australian show. They have Australian accents, so it's probably an Australian show. Uh, and it's just got a great dry sense of humor. And I'm watching the show, and I find myself being jealous of a animated dog dad, and be like, <laughs> this this dog dad is really good. I should be more like this dog dad. And it's a very weird position to be in as a human adult so so that's where i'm at i'm i kind of a crisis of uh personal crisis as i you know aspire to be a blue uh dog in my parenting your world has been ups turned upside down by a blue it's, dog cartoon. it's straight it's strange i can't recommend it enough though marlo for uh Bluey. for for parents um of young kids it's i think we uh, it's on hulu as well i think we saw it on disney plus as well so it's out there it's fantastic oh man all the streamings it's, um it's better than most another... of the crap that kids like to watch so yeah i was, I was about to say I, I don't know if i could take another just strange kids cartoon that i sit there and watch and like keep asking myself what is going on and why are you so enthralled in it yeah uh, no but this this definitely has it's good for the kid my son loves it and it's good for that um but it has like some adult humor like for example he's pretending to be a claw machine and because you know as dads do good dads at least maybe not me um and the kids are like oh we're your you know we're your kids or something and he's like i'm a claw machine i don't have any kids my days are spe- filled with free time and no responsibility or something and that's, and it's just like god that hits home so good with parents <laughs> so uh it has jokes like that throughout Got so it. um there you go bluey can't recommend enough well that's what i found out i found that that made my week um other than sports things that happen that's what's going on also it was warm so that's new with me well what's going on with you <sighs> not a whole lot man uh i'm i'm still kind of taking in the whole blue dog dad thing um just seeing if yeah. i could, if i if i'd be able to relate or if i want to go down that rabbit hole uh, on my <laughs> own well only time will tell we'll see yeah. but yeah uh, yeah no besides that just been a just you know been chugging along trying to uh as we say i enjoy the fake spring weather 
yeah um, as before winter returns again sometime soon so yeah it's been good yeah another hour of daylight um oh yeah which is we great made it forgot about that which is great made it. um did i tell you about my car i um i don't i don't think I so. never set my clock back from it's oh. <laughs> hearing so now my car no, clock right. is correct fantastic you did it you suckers had to redo it twice i yeah. didn't do it at all good you know, really a model of efficiency, Marlo, mm-hmm. uh, right there. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> this week we watched two two, two Badger basketball games, Marlo. Uh, yes. In the middle of the week, we watched Wisconsin host Northwestern, one sixty three forty eight, and uh, I don't. I guess all I can really say is this game happened. I don't yeah. really, you know. In the moment, I think I had some notes, or well, I guess I had some notes in the moment. But as I kind of looked over and prepared for the podcast, <laughs> I kind of felt like, well, this is what I thought would happen, and it did. Uh, there you go. I don't know. Yeah. What, did, what, what yeah. did you think? That's how I felt at the end of it. Yeah, the game happened. Um, came out hot. Oh, it was, se- it was senior night. It was a special senior night. There you go. Um, with your <laughs> with Pritzel, and I don't even know the other guy's name because. He's a senior, or actually, he's actually a redshirt junior, but he's like an actual student senior who's going to graduate yeah. and not play basketball. Um, that was special. That was special. Uh, he ended up getting that last, <laughs> the last points of the game, which made the cover, which is special. That was that was a really cool moment. I, I yeah, kind of overlooked it when I when I reviewed my notes, but now that you bring it up, him coming in and just the. Um, <laughs> excitement and just like the he got the ball gave it up mm-hmm. they give it right back to him and then he gets the basket uh and gets the cover uh yeah on the game or the over hit the over with it is that what it was yeah um it was really cool so it's one of those things should like, have been a hand one by the way yeah yeah this is one of the things like that makes college basketball really cool in in my yeah. book is dumb little things like that not it's not <laughs> dumb to him that's uh, like right I mean, I could only imagine to be so lucky to or be so athletic to, to do something like that. So I don't mean to diminish that he got in a collegiate basketball game and scored the two points. But I mean, just mean like it's arbitrary to the rest of college basketball, but really special for him and for uh, the team and uh, the fan base. And it's just really cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's definitely very cool. I'm um, always good to see the seniors go out top of senior day. Um, yeah. And so like watching the game again, like you said, it happened. But one of the things that was like, this will kind of roll into our, you know, talking about Indiana and going forward. But in the broadcast, I forget to get the color commentator's name or the analyst name, but he yeah. kept talking about playing championship basketball. I did notice that. Yeah. He talked a lot about playing championship basketball and my mind could not wrap my head or my, my mind could not wrap my, couldn't wrap my head around. Thank yeah. you. Couldn't wrap my head around that. Like we had a chance at a championship. And I kept saying, yeah, the real one, like the big, the big one. Yeah. Like, why could you, why do you, why do you keep talking about championship, man? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, my dumb brain just couldn't get there. Yeah. Well, I think you, it was weird. It was, it, it was a little Bill Walton-esque uh, talking about like championships. Uh, but I think he was meaning Big Ten championships because that's what Wisconsin was kind of in the running and playing for at the time. Uh, but I agree with you that as it was happening, I was like, do you really come to Wisconsin to play for for championships? Yeah, Big Ten championships, right? You try and compete for those, and obviously we we got one today. But it did feel weird and a little, like I said, a little Bill Walton esque. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. The uh, Conference of Champions. The Conference of Champions. Um, yeah, so we got the got the win, win we had to get against Northwestern. Uh, there was, I what is this? I'm trying to figure this out. A six-minute stretch where two points were scored. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, that's just <laughs> Wisconsin-Northwestern <laughs> basketball right there. <laughs> Um, in the second half, there's two. I'm looking at the the game chart here. Just two very straight horizontal lines for six, seven minutes of game time. So that's fun. I think. I think actually during that spit, you know what was happening? Uh, that dude was walking the tightrope, the uh, tightrope over that volcano. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And yeah, uh, yeah. My wife's like, "Can we switch over and watch it?" And I'm like, "Fine." And then we came <laughs> back, and nothing had happened. <laughs> Nothing had happened. It's, like, it's twenty minutes of real life for that whole time. So I was like, okay, <laughs> didn't miss anything. Didn't miss anything. Yeah. Um, there was a moment where uh, Nance got a little confidence that I was a little bit worried, uh, but then we went on a little bit of a run after the after the stall yeah. in the game, and I was was less worried. So again, we had to win, and we won. Um, Northwestern should, to be said, as much as it seems like a, a you know a cakewalk of a game, or you know I guess what you expect to do against Northwestern had wins on uh, both sides of this against Nebraska and then uh, Penn State, so hmm, maybe they were you know really hitting their stride, and we we still uh, still held it off. I don't know, it's me yeah. trying to spin it as a more significant win than it actually was. Yeah, absolutely. As we were constantly reminded, they're right on the cusp. They're 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 the team to look out for. I don't know about that. I don't know hey, about man. that. I'm just, I'm just repeating what people have told me. People in the was know. it the same guy who kept saying championship? I don't know. Oh yeah, um, that was his. <laughs> that was his. Take. But Northwestern, they like turned the corner, and now like they, you know, they're like two to- corners past Agreed. that. Agreed. The wrong Agreed. way. Yeah. Because they made that. A, they made that NCAA tournament, right? Yeah, they made they made the NCAA tournament. Then they should have won that game, and there was goaltending, or there wasn't. I don't remember exactly how that went, but they should have won, and they didn't. And uh, that was talking Northwestern basketball history. That was the, yeah. I don't want to talk about <laughs> All right. that. All right. Well, so then <laughs> today, yesterday, yesterday, on Saturday, 11 a.m. game at Indiana. It's 12 o'clock there. Um, tough road. Well, we can, I guess we can debate how tough a road game is. It's a uh, mildly tough road game at Indiana. Badgers pull it out 62-54 was the final score. I guess, Marla, as we go through this game, um, I guess let's start with this. How did you, what was your frame of mind entering the game? Were you, cause we're playing for a big 10 championship. We know that if we win, we at least get a share. How were you mentally going in this game? What were you expecting? What were you uh, kind of mentally positioning yourself? Mentally, I was, uh, I don't know how we got here where we had yeah. a chance to win a big 10 championship shared or unshared whatever we can talk about that later but just to be in the position to be on the top i didn't understand it so I, my wisconsin brain was telling me ultimate letdown moments about to happen um so that was that was almost my yeah. frame of mind as we were going in was that this is yeah this is the spot where we've had this nice run up and this is where they're going to let me down yep that's exactly how I was uh, mentally preparing for this game. I was like, I'm just excited. I was doing my whole, I'm just excited to be in this game that we're like literally playing for a Big Ten championship. We went on the seven and a run to get this. That was really cool. That was special. 
this is gravy. <laughs> like if we win, it's gravy. And obviously, I would have been crushed if we lost. But this is the mental frame I was trying to get in during the game. And then the way that the game started, the way that the first half went, it was a terrible first half. Probably our worst first half or worst half of basketball uh, since the uh, win streak began. <clears throat> Lots of turnovers. Uh, not great offense. Fell in love with the three-point shot, I guess, that continued in the second half. But um, fell in love with that. Had just... It felt like we should have been blown out, but then we got into halftime when we were down two or three. We were down yeah. three at halftime, and I kind of fit, went like, okay, as bad as that was, I don't. maybe we'll play as bad in the second half, but I don't think we will, and then I think we got a chance to win. Um, came out in the second half, it, again, teetered along, didn't feel great, and then... Uh, Kind of almost got away from us there. I think it got to what a five point game, uh, something like that, seven point game. And it really mid late second half, and it really felt like it got away from us. And then we went, we went on a 12 0 run to finish it out. Yeah. That was hot. In- yeah. Indiana didn't score for, I, I have done six minutes. I don't know if that's exactly right, but uh, about six minutes, uh, we went on a 12 0 run. So it's going from 51 to f- 44 up to 56 51 with the lead and that really um i said for us and just i think a microcosm of the season uh for for what this team has been through and in this game to go on that run just clamp down on defense indiana missed 12 straight shots uh just a great defense performance there and then just did enough on offense to to take the lead and close it out yeah it was a very strange game i think Winning this game, I, we could say we won it without our best stuff. Uh, yeah. We gave up uh, a bunch of offensive rebounds to Indiana. Um, Trice didn't end up scoring until late in the second half. I uh, think came out to six points total. Only had two points off the bench from Pritzel. And, yep. um, yeah, and still were able to come out of a road game with the win. That's, you know... This is March, right? That's what that's what it takes to win in March, right there. Win without your best stuff. So that, yeah, it was it, again. It was a roller coaster every game. My fear kept creeping in. This is this is where the letdown starts, especially towards the end there. Um, but yeah, it's being able to come out of there with the with the win with the Big Ten, one of the Big Ten trophies. Yeah. <laughs> The first one, yeah, the first one, yeah, the, the first, first one, one. And, and the most important, yeah. Uh, Trice, I got here, had four points, uh, 0 for three from three, two from ten from the field. So a real strong game of for him. But he did with those four points join the 1,300 300 club. Uh, so he has 1,000 uh, points, 300 rebounds, 300 assists. He's the first junior to ever get that mark uh, in yeah. Badger history. So. Um, Great, great job by him. Congratulations on an already outstanding career. And we'll talk a little bit in, in the interview uh, through the magic of time travel uh, about his improvement and, and what it's meant to this team. So we won't go into that here. Um, but yeah, this game was, to your point, uh, Pritzel played 31 minutes, 0 for 3 from 3, 2 points. Uh, but the points came spread out amongst our front court. Reavers with 17, Potter with 14, and Ford with 12. Ford with a couple... I mean, really, he kept us in it in that first half with, uh, I think he had two threes, but I think he had nine points in the first half. He was really the only thing going for us in the first half. So it felt, and Micah Potter, I think, was the difference in the second half. He came in, I don't have the exact time he came in, but I thought it was about 5.30 left in the game. 
uh, came in with four fouls, and I and I remember him coming in, and I I thought this is a little early. I know it feels like the game's getting away. I know we're down five points or seven. I think it was seven points when he came back in. Um, yep. So there's about six minutes left in the game, and I was like, but guys, it's a little early. If he fouls out. I don't see a, a path to winning this game, uh, but he came in, didn't create a foul, and this is what I have. Uh, I, I have down for him in the final kind of six minutes of this game. All right, uh, so he comes. In, let's say he comes in forty-four fifty-one. I think it was either that or forty-six fifty-one. I'm not entirely sure, but whatever. He comes in. Michael Potter Steele. This isn't. There's other things that happened, but I'm just going to highlight what he did. Michael Potter Steele, <laughs> offensive rebound, made jumper and one. Offensive rebound, defensive rebound, defensive rebound, defensive rebound, and that was it. But it was that was like a three minute, two and a half minute, three minute where like he just took control of the game. He got yeah, two offensive boards, he got two huge defensive rebounds, he got an and one, he got a steal, and just kind of said, I'm not letting this team lose. Now he didn't put the stats in towards the end of the game. Dimitri Trice finally got a couple shots. I think Davison made a three-pointer in there somewhere. So, like, the offense came elsewhere. But, like, his intensity, when he came back into that game, without committing a foul, he played great defense as well, without committing a foul, um, was the turning point in that game and allowed Wisconsin to get back in. And, uh, I mean, we talked about last week the difference between he, Wisconsin before Michael Potter joined, was allowed to join the team and when he – wasn't we'll talk about it in a little bit as well but i mean this is a microcosm again i talked about a microcosm uh of the comeback uh but this is a microcosm of his effect on this team his ability to um do that dirty work and to do do those hustle things and and it was an unbelievable sequence and i just wanted to shout that out for him uh because i as much as any player you can talk about you know reavers being the leading scorer trice's growth um throughout the season um Olim Ford's growth throughout the season, uh, Davison being kind of that emotional leader, but Mike Potter's Potter's intensity, I think, um, as much as anything, led to us getting a share of the Big Ten and having the turnaround that we did in Big Ten play. Yeah, absolutely. It came, like you said, at a time that you, at an absolute time that we needed. In that he got in that foul trouble, went down with his fourth. Uh, you see the game kind of turn away, and then yeah, he came in, did an excellent job not getting fouled and making making big impacts. So there you have it. Went in the uh, in the game of assembly, got the hats, got the t-shirts, got the trophy, uh, did it away from the Cole Center. I don't know, man. I still I still don't I still don't understand it, but we, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. I mean, I think uh well let's talk about when we talk about the through after after the interview. Let's do a little yeah. uh I guess you you do you're better at that. You do the you do the lead up to the interview. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So with that, wrap it up. We'll go ahead and take it to our interview here. We got Asher Lowe. Um, you hear about it. He's, he's a beat writer for the uh, covers the Badgers, both basketball and football. Uh, he might also be Casey's new best friend. You guys can uh, take a listen here. Uh, <laughs> so here you go. Asher Lowe. All right. We now bring on special guest Asher Lowe. Uh, he has, he's hosting a Locked On Badgers podcast. It is a daily podcast, much props to that, that happens, uh, every day or Monday through Friday, I should say. Also writes for the Badger Wire and the Badger Blitz. Asher, it's good to have you on. Thank you guys for having me. Let's do it. Let's talk about the wind. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. So obviously, uh, just to jump in here, we wanted to, uh, have you on, talk a little Badger basketball. Uh, we just had that 
come from behind win Assembly Hall down in Indiana to clinch at least a share at this point, as we record Sunday morning, of the uh, Big Ten regular season championship. Biggest question is, this is great, but how did we get here? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a, a wild ride this season. Uh, Greg Gard yesterday after the game put it, I think, in the best three words I've heard, that it's gone tragic to magic is what this season has been. <laughs> I mean, it started, it started with this unimaginable tragedy. It started with all this adversity, and it's the adversity has continued. You know, it wasn't just the Howard Moore uh, car crash. It wasn't just. Um, what continued after that with a tough start to the season, but then you have Kobe King leave the program. You have Eric Helland and that whole situation where the strength and conditioning coach resigns over a racial slur that he said in a story to players. So you had so many different things this team was dealing with. And yet I think we got here over the last month because every single piece of this rotation, and I, I would even go beyond the rotation of eight to say uh, every single piece of this roster was the best version that, of themselves that they've ever been at the same time. I think that's how we ended up here. Yeah, I think it's pretty wild. Uh, I think once the, that week of turmoil with the Kobe King um, and the whole situation that went down there, I, I believe we were flirting around 500 at that point. I thought that was when the bottom was going to fall out and we were going to end up a, a under 500 team. Yeah, I mean... We, we were close, like, you have to think about how close this team was to really just, well, first of all, not making a tournament at many, at many points of the year. It looked like yeah. when, when we're, when we're sitting here watching this team go to Brooklyn and put up the worst offensive pair of games I've ever seen in the history of basketball, <laughs> uh, you know, all of a sudden you're not going to go to the NCAA tournament. You're five and five on the year. You've lost to Richmond and New Mexico. Uh, and I, I do actually like Richmond a lot. They have a lot of nice guards, but that's not the point. The point is you lost to Richmond and New Mexico and, all of a sudden, you know, well, not all of a sudden, actually, the turnaround didn't happen for a while. I mean, even when this yep. team was six and six in the Big Ten, I think we still kind of thought we knew who they were. You know, a team with seven scholarship guys, full scholarship guys, a team that didn't really have kind of break you down one on one talent to just kind of get to the rim, you know, create for others offensively. But credit to Greg Gard, credit to this staff that stayed strong, credit to guys like Demetri Trice, who I think transformed his game from the beginning of the year to the end of the year as a point guard, as a, as a guy that has the ball in his hands for, you know, the end of shot clock situations as a guy that has become much better in the high pick and roll with Micah Potter. And then of course you talk about Micah Potter, who's the biggest change we've seen all year because we didn't have him at the beginning of the year. So thanks. NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that was a ridiculous scene here. Yeah. That, that, that press conference with guard was crazy after the final time the NCAA said Micah Potter couldn't play guard was like, a new level of emotion I'd never seen from him at that point. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that press conference. I think we said on here that that was, yeah, one time I seen guard have say anything else that wasn't, you know, by the book, so to say. Um, but yeah, just standing up for his guys. That was, that was fantastic. Um, yeah. You mentioned that, that early in the, early in the season, not even kind of like some of the worst offensive basketball I've seen. And I can concur with that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I don't know what you think, or even you, Kaze, what the turnaround was from, uh, you, we were a terrible three-point shooting team, then down the stretch, we've been very good, um, and is that just, you know, is that just coming together as a team, has it been the Micah Potter opening, opening things up uh, in the middle, 
Or what's kind of your take on how how the offense has has been able to turn things around? So one thing I think there's a noted now I, th- I think it's noted it's 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 deliberate that Wisconsin wants to push the ball a little more. I've seen Demetri Trice pushing the basketball a little more to try to create a break. If he doesn't create it, he'll pull it back out and reset things for the offense. But he he's making a note of pushing the basketball more, and I like that a lot because Wisconsin's gotten a lot of good three point looks in transition and a lot of good stuff in transition in general. Also, let's just be honest, at the end of this year, the schedule got a lot easier. So we, yep. we couldn't yep. really, I mean, it's hard to compare the, the first 12 games of the Big Ten for this team to what has been the last eight or so. And they, they came winning streak, of course, because the schedule got a lot easier. So this wasn't, you know, a complete fluke that the eight games happened when they did. And yes, Wisconsin's playing the best basketball they've played, but also the opponents aren't simply as good. And you have a lot of home games against teams you should beat. Minnesota at home, Northwestern at home, and it continues. Purdue at home, even even Rutgers at home, a team that can't literally cannot win on the road, literally incapable of winning on the road. Uh, you get them at home as well. So another thing, I, th- I think Michael Potter is a huge part of it. You, you said it. I think he's the best three-point shooter, just standstill three-point shooter outside of Brevin on the team. And we've seen that in, in his numbers. I mean, he's almost a 90-50-40 uh, guy, which 90% free throw, 50% from the field, 40% from three. He's like very close to... Uh, all three of those things. And I think the only one he doesn't have right now is the free throw percentage. He's like 80, 86, 87 instead of 90. So he's a fantastic shooter. I think people don't always think of him that way, but he is. Uh, he is a flat out fantastic shooter, especially when he's open and in rhythm. And like I said, I think that every single Badger, if you look at what they were in December and what they are now, they're just better than, than, than they were individually. And that, carries into the collective, especially offensively, where guys like Brevin, where guys like Aleem Ford, who was a yeah. shell of a shell of himself in December, right? I mean, now he's hitting contested threes, hand in his face, doesn't care, pulls up with all the confidence in the world at Assembly Hall yesterday. So, I mean, literally so many reasons you can point to as to why this team has turned around. And I think that's the reason they've turned around, right? There are so many different things that have changed offensively and individually. One thing I, I'd... Like the you talked about Potter, um, and I think one thing he really brings to the team in getting those open looks is the pick and roll with uh, Trice. And early in the season, when it got down in the shot clock, it was brutal to watch because you you have Davison trying to create or Trice who can't really create on their own. Bring in Potter, setting a high pick and roll, you're creating space there, and that's kind of one of the big things you talked about the pushing the ball and transition. Um, Offense, I think that the the pick and roll or pick and pop, uh, as as it often is, has really opened up that late shot clock that used to be brutal, but now is is vastly improved. So oh, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, the way that and Trice and Potter specifically, would you agree with that? That those two are the ones that we really see on a on a nightly basis have that chemistry. Yeah, and you brought up uh, Aleem Ford. We had a running joke, especially early in the season with him, that we, when he had a decent game, we say we'd have a, a Liam Ford sighting uh, <laughs> and get, you know, I, earlier season kind of frustrated, kind of throwing up shots out of rhythm, not not necessarily in the flow of the offense, but like you said, he's definitely come through, uh, been more reliable down the stretch here, and hopefully that continues. Um, with that said, so we locked up number one seed, for the Big Ten tournament, not uh, yet. Technically, actually, there's some oh, crazy really? things that could happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so I've been misinformed this whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. <laughs> in fact, people, John Rothstein, you know John Rothstein of CBS. Yeah. yeah, 
tweeted out that the Badgers locked it up, and then Evan Flood of 24-7 Sports yeah. commented and said, actually, no, there's all these scenarios where this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. So oh, wow. do not ask me to explain all the scenarios. I just yeah. know it is not technically locked up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bre- breaking news. Uh, not yeah. technically locked well, up, but yeah. by the time you hear this, something will be locked up. So <laughs> one, one question kind of to recap the season. I think if we look back at kind of Big Ten championship Badger teams in the past, you know, you have your Frank Comiskey years and those kind of stand out. What do you think is going to be the the kind of lasting when we look back in five, ten years at this Big Ten championship season? What's going to stand out because right now in the moment i have a hard time i think because of how balanced everything's been it's a hard time like looking at this team and being like this is the blank team that won the big 10 if that makes sense what do you think the kind of look back five ten years is going to be of this team i think it's the team that overcame the most adversity maybe in the history of wisconsin basketball and a lot of that was off the court of course Mm -hmm. with the the way the year started as i was talking about and the way that they're playing with a four more patch on their jerseys, the way that Jarrell Moore was introduced, you know, at, in the starting lineups against Eastern Illinois in that game, that was an awesome thing to see. Jarrell's been around the team this whole time. Jarrell, I actually wrote a story on Badgers Wire yesterday about the, kind of about the parade a little bit and what it was like to be there. And at the parade, the Badger bus pulled up in front of the Cole Center. And before they got off, Jarrell Moore got on the bus and we couldn't see anything. Obviously, it was like tinted windows in this bus, but we could just hear like this like raucous cheer when he got on the bus before the players got off. And then they all got off together and walked down the, uh, in, in between these two huge rows of fans. So I think awesome. it's the season that, and then of course, Eric Howland, Kobe King leaving, your second leading scorer leaving abruptly. I think it's just the season where they overcame, you know, a ton of adversity. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's using that adversity and turning it into wins and success on the court. I think that's how this team will be remembered more than anything. So we saw them get off the bus with the Big Ten trophy is there do they have to does that need to get bus somewhere else in case somebody wins a share today or or are there multiple ones that's a, i have no idea that's a good question i've always wanted no idea yeah <laughs> that's, that's maybe fair, they that's just make question. multiple ones and then they like send it to you know other countries or something you know like they, they chainsaw it in like three i don't know, yeah. I don't know how it works I, you I find out who really wants question. it because yeah. they'll be the one who say the other team can have it so they yeah <laughs> oh, you, so you have multiple right because you like you, I don't think they they don't get it in their trophy case. Like I think Wisconsin will have it in their trophy case, right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, because you actually you got to see the trophy yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I because I always thought, all right, maybe the first one's like the real trophy, and then they got like one yeah. for show for the rest of them, and then they'll get to that one later. But yeah, when did they start making this trophy? In the around two weeks ago, where they like shit, we got to make like four of these just in case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, that's a really good question, actually. I, I think that they probably have a bunch of them, honestly. Like, they, there's no way you could n- take that away from this team that just won it, right? Like, I don't know. It's not going to, there's no way that happened. They definitely have multiple. Maryland definitely has one waiting in the wings. Michigan State has one waiting in the wings today. So, yeah, that's, that's at least my guess on it. <laughs> that's a fantastic question. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So, yeah, my question, moving into the, the Big Ten tournament, uh, depending on, well, we, we wrapped up a four seed. I mean, a top four seed. So we got the double bye, for sure, um, which is pretty key that we'll at least be playing on Friday in my book. Uh, <laughs> but what um, what are some of the, I guess, what are some of the concerns that you probably have going into this into the Big Ten tournament before, obviously, the big dance? At- <laughs> 
So I think that with the Big Ten tournament, the thing to me that concerns me most is the way other teams are playing right now. And the Badgers aren't the only team that's turned things around. I think the scariest team in the Big Ten and still the scare and always has been despite their struggles, despite what they were in the middle of the year. And they had, they had weird stretches too. Uh, they had awful, awful stretches at times in the conference. But to me, Michigan State is still the scariest team both in Indy at the Big Ten tournament and in March in terms of a Big Ten team that can go far. And so I think that playing on Friday, I agree, is huge. But honestly, I'll, I'll just be, I'll just be perfectly, perfectly uh, honest with you about this Big Ten tournament. I have no idea what is going <laughs> to happen. I have absolutely no idea. I don't even want to begin to guess what's going to happen. I will say in March, though, in terms of the March Madness, uh, which is when it gets real in the round of 64, to me, Michigan State is still the team. If I had to put money on anybody to go farther than any other team in the Big Ten, I'd still ride with Sparty. Yeah, yeah I think. Go ahead. I, I think I'm there with you, uh, mainly because of Maryland's collapse, though, because they were pressing me kind of in the mid of the Big Ten season, and then they collapsed. And Iowa, I don't, I don't trust them what, whatsoever. So I think Michigan State's kind of your your go to now on who will go farthest. Yeah, I've, um, I yeah, there's so many teams, like you said, they're playing. Where there's so many teams this season that have been. Uh, just gone back and forth from like, wow, this week they look like a really good team, and then they just look like absolute crap. Purdue comes to mind uh, when I talk about that. So it, it's like one of those things where if someone catches light in the bottle next weekend, it just w- it, like it wouldn't be surprised if Purdue comes on top, right? It'd be weird, but it, it wouldn't surprise me all that all that much. Um, yeah, the only thing that scares me is coming out Friday and just being cold uh, to start the game and getting in a hole that we can't that we can't dig ourselves out of. Um, but but I think I mean, even if we were this team were to lose on Friday, I don't think it's a you know a major crisis yet. I think that uh, yes yes this team wants to win a Big Ten tournament championship, of course. But I don't think it would be you know the the world's worst loss if this team were to come out and lose on Friday or, or on Saturday for that matter. I think that yes we want to see them win the Big Ten tournament. Yes they can, but for me right now at least I'm I'm really focused on a second weekend appearance in March. Yeah. I mean, I, I say it for my own selfish reasons because I feel like there's nothing like watching the Badgers play on St. Patty's Saturday in the middle of the day while I'm drinking my green beer. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> they, they took him down Landon yesterday, actually. I don't know if you saw that. I, I tweeted it out, I think. But yeah. they like the bus. There were a bunch of St. Patty's parties yesterday on Landon. Yeah. And right, right where I live. And they, um, they took the bus like on a different route to get back to the Kohl's Center from the airport. And they took him down Langdon and they just like slowly joyrided down Langdon with all the, with all the parties going on on either side of them. Like, nice. yeah, it was, I heard it was, I heard it was a wild scene. <laughs> nice. Should have been there, Casey. Should have been there. Yeah. Well, next time. Next time. All right. Um, so yeah, just, I was putting a, putting a bow on a season. Obviously, like you said, we got the tournament, uh, the Big Ten tournament, then selection Sunday, next Sunday. Um, this season has been a wild ride, uh, to say the least. And one of the, the center figures of that has been Greg Gard, been a, kind of a lightning rod, not only uh, everywhere here on this podcast, in our <laughs> friends group. Uh, it's been kind of back and forth. So I'm going to let you have the floor for a second. Actually, we'll probably, we'll, we might, might chime in, but I want to know what is your stance on Greg Gard as a head basketball coach of Wisconsin? So all year, I said basically the same thing about Greg Gard, and that's 
you this guy is unfireable at least for the next two years. And there are two really simple reasons to the, to why that is. I wasn't necessarily making the case for him, more making the case of why you can't fire him. Not not saying why he should be, you know, the man for the next decade or whatever like that, anything like that. Not not saying he's the next Bo Ryan, nothing like that. But my two reasons were this: number one, there is nobody better right now that's just out there waiting to come to Wisconsin to coach them that I can see. And names that get thrown around by most people to me that were be, would be better. Uh, or at least I thought would be better earlier in this year are just unrealistic. You know, Tony Bennett is one that comes to mind. That's completely unrealistic. Uh, things like breaking Marlowe's heart. Yeah, there, there <laughs> just isn't a better. There just isn't a better option right now out there. And if you can give me one, and nobody's given me one all year, uh, and now obviously the, the the discourse has changed. But <laughs> even in December, you couldn't. Have, I I didn't hear one name that I was like, yeah, they 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 they'd come here. And yes, they do. I, I'd have confidence that they do a better job. So that's one reason. The next reason is that you have two recruiting classes over the next two years that are deep, that this team needs to come in and have produce. Uh, Jonathan Davis is going to be, I think, one of the best NBA prospects Wisconsin's had in a long time. I really do. Ooh. After a couple of years in the weight room, he's not a one and done guy at all, but I think he'll be in two, three years. I think he, he could be an NBA pick. I really, I really do. And. We, we have, you know, Ben Carlson coming in next year, the, the depth of next year's class. And then even looking the year after that to Chucky Hepburn and some other guys. I just think that if you, if you give up Greg Gard, you were, you would have lost that entire, you know, recruiting class in many ways. You, you would have definitely lost a couple pieces there. Probably the Davis brothers you would have lost. And there's a reason that when Kobe King left, Greg Gard immediately went to lacrosse to talk to the Davis brothers to, who went to the same high school as Kobe King. To make sure he was keeping them. That that is the the lifeline of any NCAA program. It's your recruiting classes. And yes, Greg Gard's recruiting classes in the past haven't been up to standard, but in the future they are. And so my thing with Greg Gard was always, to me, he 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 was all year a and most of the year up until these this last world beating eight games, a B plus coach. You know, he's mm-hmm. a guy that I, I I was totally totally fine with leading this program. I wouldn't have signed him to some five ten year extension. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, to me, he was he was a guy that that made a lot of sense for Wisconsin basketball right now. And with the two recruiting classes he had in the next two years, I don't think there was any argument that I liked in favor of ever letting him go, even when this team was five and five, six and six. And now, of course, everyone's come around. I actually haven't really come around to like he's the savior yet. I don't I, don't, I still wouldn't be on some, you know, give him a 10 year extension train. I, I still I still have a pretty similar view on him. I don't really think. My view has changed dramatically over the last eight games. He should be here for the next few years at least, and I think we'll learn a lot more in the next two years once he gets some real depth and talent. Yeah, that's a very, uh, very even keel. So yeah, you did get me fired up. I was, I was, uh, my biggest thing when people talk about they got the recruiting class coming in, um, and I to. To my, you know, full disclosure, I'm not into like re- recruiting research, but my whole thing was, well, it's really, really early in the process, and the top prospects haven't even signed yet. So how do we even know? In 2021, you're right. Yeah, it's not going to be the number one class, but what it is already is a better class than most classes for Wisconsin basketball over the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, it's good to hear. It gives me hope. Um, I wasn't, uh, I haven't been on the guard train pretty much since. He got candid the head coaching job. Um, and this year, especially in the beginning, was, you know, people were starting to finally come to my side and I was feeling good about it. 
Um, obviously, we've had a change in the last the last few games. But to your point, I agree that there's no that there's really nothing you can come up with who to replace him with. That's a tough question. My biggest thing was I was watching these games and I was seeing the same patterns happen over again uh, with the late late game. Uh, giving up leads late in games, not being able to finish games late. Uh, some of these, some of these same patterns were going over again, and I would attribute that to guard. Um, and th- those were kind of my reasons for not wanting to continue on with him if it was up to me. And my my quote is that I think he's the best assistant coach of all time, <laughs> but as the head coach, may not be might may not be working out for him. Um, and he's you know he's pretty shut me up the last eight games. <laughs> Yeah, I I like the kind of middle ground of uh, of your your take that um hey we're not we're not marrying him right he's not going to be we're not necessarily committing to him being the the future of Wisconsin basketball but in this kind of interim time until we can find quote unquote the right guy whoever that may be uh, and I agree with you that nobody's really presenting themselves I don't see anybody out there you know uh, really that would supplant. Uh, what guard brings to the table that we can kind of have this like let's wait and see approach and that's i guess i I think a really good take and something that um i hope people (laughs) will will agree with because i I just think if you if you let guard go and i think we're past that now i don't if this the season the way the team has kind of rallied and gone in this one i don't think there's an argument to be made for that um but and you don't have an answer then i don't know what you're doing and then you leave a program just in in the wind. Uh, and that's what I was w- worried about when people, or was my main argument when people were like, you know, hashtag fire guard. Right. I, I think that we've, so this year we've seen a couple things, right? We've seen, so the guard, the guard crowd wanted or said that he can't develop players. That was one I saw all the time on the Twitter, the mm-hmm. Twitter wars. And that's just not true. As we've seen all year. Now uh, we know the last eight games, Dimitri Trice has probably developed more than any player in the big 10 just this year alone. And, Yes, Brad Davison, I think, was was the kind of their favorite argument for that, or he's just kind of, if anything, declined a little bit. But he's such a heart and soul of this team that I don't think numbers really speak to his impact uh, a lot of the time. And then I would also say that you know he he has dealt with, Greg Gard has, dealt with so much adversity this year. And whatever you think about him as an X's and O's coach, if you think he's an assistant, a head coach, uh, if you think he, he makes a better assistant, I should say, than a head coach, if you think... He's not the guy. You can still appreciate what an unbelievable, incredible job he's done this year in the second half of the year, keeping this team grounded, keeping this team together. And is that, you know, is that all? I don't, I don't think the, the praise should ever 100% be on a coach. I don't think the blame should ever 100% be on a coach. So I don't want to give, you know, all the credit to him. I think the players deserve a lot of it. And I think the assistant coaching staff actually deserves a lot of it. Joe Krabben Joe often, Ono Tucker and... Uh, this, this coaching staff in general is actually a really, really good and well-built staff and came together when one of their brothers, Howard Moore, uh, could no longer be with the staff this year. And so everyone in this program deserves credit, but of course that, that credit usually and mostly and fairly starts at the top. And Greg Gard deserves a ton of it for what the second half of this year has been, whether you like him, whether you didn't like him in the past and now you do, uh, he, he deserves a ton of credit. Wow, <laughs> oh, well said. I I wish I could say something different, but I can't. I think I think about the point, Casey, where I have to just not say anything until next season. And 
I would imagine that that's a tough place to be as a Badger fan, and I'm glad I am I am not in this tortured state of uh, that so many of, uh, I guess, my fellow co- podcast hosts, like there's multiple of them, and uh, some of the other people we talked to appear to be. Um, so, yeah, I'm just enjoying, over here, enjoying, uh, I just want to say it again, because I still can't, it's still hard to believe, uh, maybe co Big Ten champions. It's unbelievable. It's on wild. Going to get this t-shirt. What's the, uh, what's like the vibe, though, with your guys' is like, your guys' friend group, your guys' like Badger. Yeah, I'd love to hear. I'm just curious. And also, like, when did you guys? You guys went to Wisconsin. Yeah. When yeah. did you guys graduate? Uh, so we graduated. Oh, I graduated '05, and I, I graduated '08. Yeah. And what? So, and, and you guys all have good friends, I'm sure, from the Badger days that you talked to. And yeah. So the a lot of this angst comes from uh, we get yeah we have we at least at least one uh, group chain that me and Casey are also in, are in at the same one. And that one yeah. is pretty much just Casey banging the drum for Greg guard while everyone else just, just tells, <laughs> says fire him. Yeah. It's probably a group of 12 it's, or 15 in there. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to listen to this interview to all of them because <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what they need to hear. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much me defending uh, Greg guard and kind of, uh, putting up some of your points but like i said uh kind of after uh your your comment on gray guard it, it, i like the middle ground because i feel like i have to like fully back him and, and do all that but this middle ground is kind of i think where we all need to, to settle and uh maybe we can all just get along with <laughs> right there wasn't a middle ground like it was either like you thought he was the savior yeah. of the world and you should extend him for 10 years or you thought he was the worst coach in the history of basketball there was no like in between ever and I, yeah. I think that's why I was just like, I, I don't like, I don't, I think the jury's still out on this guy. Like we have oh, two sure. years of really good recruiting class. Of course, until the last eight games have happened, I was saying that the jury's completely still out on this guy. And now he's, he's proven that, you know, he's, he's trending in the right direction in all of our books and in mine as well. But the jury has to be out and had to be out because we had two great recruiting classes coming in. We have to see how he develops them and works with that depth. He's never had. And even if you say, Oh, in the past, he hasn't developed the players he's had. He's never had the likes of what he has coming in, like like not even really close. So that's why I thought these next two years were a huge pair of years in the Greg Gard era because uh, it, it was the first time we could really not use the, well, seven scholarship players, you know, n- not a lot of talent argument. And it was also his recruiting class. It was his guys. And there's a difference with that when, when it's Bo Ryan's guys versus his guys. So, yep. uh, so I felt like that was why the next two years were so important. And listen, he is shut everybody up over the last eight games middle ground or if you think he's the worst he's 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 pretty much brought you to his side at least momentarily apparently apparently yeah. you want to go back soon but as you though the voice of reason uh yeah. don't be Asher. do not be surprised if you get a invitation from casey into our text group <laughs> yeah, yeah you some- want me to come in and tell them why they're why they're why they're all over also people don't understand what happens when you fire a coach like they think right. it just you snap your fingers, a coach leaves, and then the great coach just rolls through your door and asks to come on and take a take a free contract where you don't pay him and just just is like, yeah, yeah, let, let's let's get this thing rolling and it brings eight five stars with him. That's not how this works. Like you, you fire a coach and it is a hard, long process to find the right guy if you just fired a guy you thought was the right guy. It's not it's not an easy process. And please, can you guys give me one name that you think is realistic that people would have wanted? Three months ago, obviously it's a mute point now, but I, I'm honestly curious. Yeah. Three months ago, what were names that people said? Yeah. Like, if, if you want a guard fired, who do you want? I, yeah. Take I, take that I, text I, chain. 
I think yeah, I think in our text chat, who was throwing? Uh, um, Shaka was thrown out. Yeah, no. um, he's not coming here. No way. <laughs> just, that's ridiculous. Just not a chance. Who else? I can't remember who else is throwing out. Um, yeah, I forget now. But I know I yeah. agree with that statement uh, too. It's. I mean, as I think, far as the coaching, it's not. Yeah, it's not a snap of the fingers, and it's. I don't know. I think. Go ahead, Casey. Sorry. I mean, I just look around, and you you don't have to look too far to see what happens when you fire a, and, and don't have a, a real plan uh, for kind of a replacement. I look at Illinois. I mean, they're back now. They finally got the right guy. But once they w- let uh, Bruce Weber go, that was a long time of not good basketball. And look at Indiana, and you know they're. I don't know if the. Uh, um, uh, Miller's the right guy now, but like they've gone through lots of coaches to to get to what seems to be an improvement, but it was a long road to get there. And if I don't know that I I just my point was I don't want to sign up for that long road if I have a, uh, a even a B plus right now. Exactly, exactly. That's one of the reasons. Also, NBA. Look at the NBA. Like, look no further than the NBA. Look at all bad NBA franchises. Look at the Sacramento Kings. They've made the playoffs in thirteen years. <laughs> And they've had 850 NBA coaches in that 13-year span. I mean, they it, it's just a recycling, like... And the Spurs, for example, a team that have had the same, obviously, legend forever. And they have the stability. And uh, Rick Carlisle, even in Dallas, you know, having that stability, making the playoffs almost every year. Look at teams that don't make the playoffs, though. Whether it's the Kings, whether it's, uh, I don't I don't know, the, the, the Charlotte Hornets have had a bunch of coaches. The Magic have had a bunch of coaches over the last decade. The, the, these, these kind of bottom-seller franchises just... One thing that's consistent with them is there's just a, a huge coaching carousel that's always going and people are coming and leaving and you don't establish any stability at all. That was really nice of you not to bring up the Bulls in your list. I do appreciate that. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. The Bulls as well. No, that was that was cool. You could keep it up. <laughs> Fireguard packs. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, 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 I'll sign get, up I'm that sure one. that one we can all I'll get, that one that we can one all get behind. <laughs> All right. Well, I knew I knew the uh, the guard thing would be a nice lightning rod, um, but if you if we can just do a quick transition over to football, uh, we got spring training starting soon. Or spring training, spring practice. Sorry, spring practice starting soon. Uh, don't need to go in the winds. We are you know losing some a lot on offense. Now we're losing you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor, Cephas is gone, a few of our offensive linemen, uh, but we can we have all summer to dive into that. All I want to know right now is, is it Mertz time? Well, it, whether you think it is or not, it won't be. So it really is kind of a mute point. Ah! I mean, he, he will not be. The, there's, I, I would be more shocked than maybe anything if he's the starting quarterback in the fall. and Ever? Like the whole season? I, I, that, that, the, that, that definitely depends. And I think there's, a, there's an argument to be made if, if this team starts to go in the wrong direction, that it is Mertz time if they lose an early game. And if Jack Cohn doesn't doesn't look uh, like he did last year, which which by the way last year Jack Cohn, all things considered, was pretty dang good. Yeah, he pulled a Badger basketball. He got a lot better as the season went on. <laughs> yeah, he I mean he had some pretty 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 solid performances. I think going back that Minnesota game, man, he was he was incredible in that game, like incredible in what was the biggest moment of the season at that time. And it, without that moment, you don't get to most of the other moments, whether it's the Big Ten championship, Rose Bowl. Uh, and he was, he was incredible in that game. You go back and watch that game, two touchdowns, I think over 270 passing yards, and he, he was he was dynamite. And so I think Mertz, Mertz time is is an argument that, first of all, it's fair to say that if you don't play a guy like Mertz, mm-hmm. transferring is a real possibility. And I don't know the ins and outs of Mertz and 
him being here, right? I haven't talked to him like recently since football season. I haven't talked to him uh, at all in any media availability, anything like that. So, and, and the questions haven't really been thrown around of like, it, there's not some big conspiracy swirling about him leaving. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But it is a fact that most high profile transfer or quarterbacks that don't play transfer. Yeah. And so <laughs> that, that's fair. But he's also a three year starter essentially here. So even if he doesn't play this year, he redshirted last year. So he's a, he has, he still has three years to be, uh, the guy and he won't be the guy, uh, week one. That, that is a hundred percent. I can say that there, there is 100%. no, there's going to be a spun quarterback battle. There yeah. is no quarterback battle. Jack Cohn yeah. will be the starting quarterback of this team, uh, in, in week one. And I think it would take a lot more than people even think to initiate Mertz. Um, di- you're diving that a little bit. Is that, Due to is that due to his actual play? Is that due to knowing the system? Um, what what I guess what's what I'm asking is where exactly is because obviously we don't we've only seen Mertz very few plays. We've seen Cohen. Everyone has this, including myself, this mindset that Mertz is like the best quarterback available based on his star rating and high school accolades, right? Um, so I, I think for myself and, and others, like, where is he in that, in that, that pecking order? Like you just said, it's, it's not close, but why is that? Is it just the straight talent or knowing the system or anything above that? It's definitely not a talent gap. I would yeah. say it's yes, definitely knowing the system. It's that he's had a whole year as a starting quarterback now under his belt, a Rose Bowl, a Big Ten championship game, uh, a Minnesota game on the road where he had to win and he performed. And, it's also that Graham Mertz has three years to be the starting quarterback of this team. And Jack Cohn right now is the more experienced, more trusted player. And so I think that with a guy like Paul Christ, I, I'd be, I'd be really surprised if there's ever even, um, a major, uh, rumbling about Graham Mertz starting all, all spring, all into the summer. I, I'd be really surprised if there's some credible news coming out of camp that Graham Mertz is, is in this quarterback battle at all and i think i think the experience is probably the biggest factor well awesome well now we can <laughs> now we can debate about that all season too yeah i i, I, I mean grammar's is a more fun story like i want yeah. to i'd enjoy it like i, I would I, this is not me saying it, this is how it absolutely should be it's just i think i think this is the fact that it's going to be like this Like this is how it, it's there's no way jack Cohn isn't starting week one there's no way he isn't yeah yeah a clear this isn't 1a 1b like this is a clear starting quarterback one starting quarterback or sorry qb1 qb2 yeah, yeah. yeah. all right well, it, th- so thanks so far it seems like uh, not that i've talked with grimmers or anything but you know following him on twitter and stuff he's saying the, the things you'd want to hear as a badger fan you know he came to wisconsin because they weren't going to give him the starting job just because he's a high recruit he would have to earn it and that sort of thing so i think he's saying the things at least that i want to hear as a badger fan about not transferring or trying to earn the job yeah, no, yeah, there's no, um, there is absolutely no indication that he's going to leave. It's really only the only thing pointing me to even say that is the history of other quarterbacks and he's not other guys. So he's, mm-hmm. he's himself. And so there's nothing pointing to, to him being likely to leave. And yeah, Justin Fields is a test case. I mean, uh, a guy like that, for example, that, that leaves one big program, goes to another and now is starring in that role. So it, it happens all over the country. In terms of big quarterbacks leaving, transferring, switching scenes. Also, I will say that the star ratings cannot be something we ever judge a player on. If you watch the Hunter oh, Johnson season develop last year, yeah, hundred percent. 
hundred percent. I can mess with that. I, yeah, I can mess with this already. It's just, it's just nice to have uh, some level of hope for once that we have, we have like a a, a quarterback that's going to come in and play, play quarterback. But like I said, Jack Cohen did pretty well last season. Hopefully, he can build from there, um, and we can spend the whole season every time he throws an interception. Uh, arguing about when Mertz is going to get in there. So, all right. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything else. Casey, you got a you got any last questions for a friend here? I do not. I do not. You do not. Nope. Nope. Okay. I was trying. I was saying that slowly to try to come up with one, and then uh, and then no I couldn't. Problem. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> cool, man. Ashley, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks yeah, for man. coming on. Of course. Appreciate it. deep dive Take knowledge. The group chat. Yeah, be on the lookout for that invite. Um, you know, also, have, uh, again, go check it out. Locked on Badgers. Find it anywhere you listen to podcasts on five times a week, correct? Yeah, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Unlike ours, it's a very quick listen. So you can listen to his <laughs> right after ours because you'll have the time. And uh, t- t- Tuesday through Friday as well. Also, look for, out of, look for articles out on Badger Wire and uh, Badger Blitz. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter. Hit it up. I think I think my username is A L O W underscore thirty three. That's off the top of my head though. But if you look up Asher Lowe, you should find me somewhere. <laughs> yes, that is your Twitter handle. You got it correct. Nailed it. Good. I'm Nailed glad it. I know my own Twitter handle. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can have you back on sometime soon. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Asher. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Back after the interview. Um, so we had to wrap that up after wrapping that up, Casey. Yeah. Uh, shortly after that, we realized that we have a three-way tie uh, for the Big Ten Championship. Uh, even though even we did off the mics, we went through all the tiebreakers that could have happened. <laughs> it was very confusing. <laughs> it was very confusing. Uh, but now it is all played out. Uh, Wisconsin, Maryland, and Michigan State all sharing the Big Ten regular season championship. Yeah, I think it just speaks to this season as a season in which there were good teams in the Big Ten, but no great team. Um, and nothing says that more than, what, three, 14, and 16, 14 and six teams, excuse me, um, sharing sharing the trophy. Uh, I think you, I think as Badger fans, you were kind of rooting, f- well, I, you were rooting against Michigan State and Maryland, but you're kind of rooting for Maryland because once Maryland won, we had the number one seed, regardless of what Michigan State did. Um, and then you just kind of hoped that Michigan State wouldn't also get a share when they played <laughs> Ohio State, but I don't think they ever trailed in that game, so we didn't have much hope in that um, in that regard. Um, but we did a three-way tie, and it almost seems fitting to the way that this Big Ten season has gone, where there's, it's been such parity throughout the Big Ten. Um, and there's been so many good teams uh, to to average teams that uh, sharing it, and obviously it would have been great to have Wisconsin be the the sole winner. But it would have been even more weird that a 14 and 16 was the sole winner of the Big yeah, Ten. Uh, so I think it, it just kind of speaks to that. Um, and it, really, it's just Maryland choked it away. And that's what it comes down to is they blew it because uh, they were there at 13 and three and they finished 14 and six, something like that. Um, yep. I think that's what, that's what you got to look at uh, for how Wisconsin yeah. was able to win. Obviously they went on their run, but they needed some help in Maryland by playing yeah. terribly down the stretch, helped them. 
Yeah, I think a couple of weeks ago we just we forfeited the the conference to Maryland um, on this mm-hmm. podcast. We just said, well, they're just way too far away to, to go <laughs> to to even yeah. catch. And by catch, we weren't even talking about catching them. We were just talking about other teams in the Big Ten catch you. Right. So, yeah. To your point. Yeah. I and mean, to your point. Yeah. Maryland had in the bag. Uh, kind of let everyone catch up to the pack. And I think of the obviously of the three teams that share this title, Wisconsin has to be the most surprising. At the beginning of the season, it was supposed to be Michigan State's to win. Yeah. Um, and Maryland kind of came through as the the leader throughout the season, but then came back down to earth. So, I mean, I'll take it. I'm getting a T-shirt, probably a hat too. Uh, couldn't rate that. Maybe a pennant, you know, hanging in the basement. Uh, but you can't you can't take away championships unless – well, no, you just can't take them away. It's never going to happen. Well, last time – well, it wasn't last time. What, what was it, 2005 we won the Big Ten when we were in school, Marlo? Um, uh-huh. We were in Chicago, and I got a hat. I bought a hat. Yeah. Were we yes. in Chicago? No, we were we were in Madison. Were we in Chicago? No, no, Madison? no. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. This was, it was, no, because we won it at Northwestern and we all win. Yeah. We all went to yeah. Chicago. I bought a hat. Yep. <laughs> a friend, Matt, left it in a, he, he wore it. He was wearing it for some reason, the hat that I bought. And he left it in a cab. And I never got the hat back. <laughs> I should have a Wisconsin 2005. It's 2005, right? Uh, something like, no, it was probably like 08. No, 07. I don't remember. I know exactly right. what hat you're talking about, though. Yeah, I'm still bitter about it. Still bitter about it. Not really, but because yeah. uh, I probably never would have worn it. But I should have it. I should have it. Um, there we go. That's my my member. Now I'm trying to research when that was. Um, All right. Well, other research departments going down. Um, got the championship next week. We started the Big Ten tournament. Uh, like you mentioned with Maryland winning, we did secure the number one seed for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, which not, I mean, we had wrapped up at least a top four seed, so that double by getting that game on Friday. Uh, so we, but with the number one seed, I was looking at this, Casey. Yep. Uh, we go through this. I don't understand what, why the one seed, why would we get the first game at noon on Friday? When do you want it to be? When do you want it to uh, be, Marlo? I would like it to be this, the, the third game total, so be this, the first game game of the second session the evening <laughs> session that's what i think a number one seed should play that's just me it's 2007 2008 the brian butch michael flowers team 2007 2008 yes 100 all right i remember that would have been a great hat would have been a great hat all right um yeah i it is weird uh, that i think it's always the way the case that the the um one seed plays that early game. I think the thought is the other ones will be more competitive. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to be the Maybe. case this year, uh, yeah. with Wisconsin being the number one seed. Uh, but I, my thought is that's that's the idea is that you're getting the a little bit more maybe competitive games uh, later in the day. Um, that's the only that's the only reason I can think that I can think that to do it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, selfishly, it's just. You know, there's not to be no no production at work for, at eleven o'clock on Friday. Uh, well, so you can thank the Big Ten uh, Conference for that. Yeah, employer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, let's hope they don't find out. But <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, it, it, either way, I think obviously that's going to be less productive than if it was, you know, Michigan State playing Ohio State again or something like that uh, would have been. But, you know, we're getting March, I guess, really starts for Big Ten fans on that, for me at least, as a Big Ten fan, on that yeah. Thursday. On the, yes. on the Thursday, when we get a noon game, it's going to be Michigan-Rutgers, uh, and then we're going to go through the rest of the day with you know, not only Big Ten basketball, but other conference tournaments. Um, there will be games Wednesday. Uh, Northwestern Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana will play Wednesday. Those are night, but Thursday, day basketball that, you know, big conference teams starts Thursday. And, God, I can't wait, Marlon. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, day basketball. We're here. Sports during the day. I know you always have it with soccer, but real sports during yeah. the day. Meaningful sports during the day. <laughs> real sports. Um, <laughs> This is popular sport in the world. This is, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, yeah. So this, yeah, this is where we're at. I think um, taking away the way the bracket kind of laid out here. Yeah. I, well, first and foremost, I don't even know if it matters. Uh, obviously, with like we just talked about with the uh, with the way the conference shaked up, we have a lot of teams. There's no great team. There's yep. some good teams and some teams that are like above average. So. I don't think the seating matters all that much. I, I feel like it's going to be a crazy tournament. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State ends up winning as opposed to Michigan, Maryland, but I also wouldn't be surprised if like Ohio State comes out of somewhere, Purdue, and wins it as well. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. Kind of looking at this, I think I wouldn't be surprised if eight teams won this, which is bizarre. <laughs> I don't see records because they're not playing games at the rack, so I don't see them winning. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, so if we skip Rutgers, I'd be surprised if Penn State won too. So let's remove that Ooh. out. So I could see, <laughs> I'm just going to listen, Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan, Iowa, <laughs> Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, or Maryland winning, which is crazy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. If I, I think I said Iowa. If I didn't, I could see them winning. They don't play defense though. But um, I think it's, I guess if you're looking at Wisconsin's seeding, I think it's significant that Michigan State and Maryland are on the same side of the bracket, so we don't have to beat both of them if we want to win a, a championship. I think that's important because I think um, if you're looking at the best teams, I think it's those two. Uh, that's a level, and then there's another level below that, which is going to be your um, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State-type teams um, for that. So I think that's that's important. Um, I'm glad that Iowa and Illinois have to play each other again. That was a great game today uh, that just wrapped up here before we started recording uh, at Illinois. Um, so that will, should be a fun one to watch again. So they're talk the parody of with the Big Ten having so many good teams. We're talking about this being such a a um, maybe a possibly historic Big Ten tournament. I don't think that's how tournaments work, and that's why I'm worried about the NCAA tournament in general. Is yeah. you want to see really good teams play and you want to see really good teams if they get upset it's more meaningful yeah right like if it like the fact that iowa as a five seed could win this thing just on the merit of them like being pretty good and having a couple good games where they shoot well like is i guess it's fun for iowa fans but that won't make necessarily a great tournament whereas if like if wisconsin was really good and michigan state was really good but they got upset on a run i don't know i I'm not. I'm just not sure that a lot of really good teams makes for a crazy tournament. Uh, the way in which kind of having really good teams and really good matchups with an upset sprinkled in here or there makes for an exciting tournament. I'm a little concerned. 
Yeah, well, um, yeah, I can share. I can share. I, I can share that sentiment um, as I'm like looking at the bracket here and going through all the different scenarios that don't seem crazy to happen, um, and having a semifinal Saturday with the likes of a uh, look at here, like a uh, Michigan, <laughs> yeah, Michigan, a Purdue, yeah. So I could go through it, but I'm not. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, it it doesn't seem crazy. And that doesn't necessarily make it exciting i guess like if yeah. purdue goes on a run it's not because it sounds like some cinderella team it's like well they're also pretty good right and it's more fun when it's like a crazy cinderella team like if i don't know indiana like won three games and then they're playing on saturday somehow like yeah. that would be i don't see that happening well, i don't know they play, play penn state and maryland if they beat nebraska when they beat nebraska but yeah so that's somewhat likely i don't know it, it could happen the assumption is if you get a lot of good teams it makes a yeah. better tournament, which I think is probably true overall, right? From the entertainment value of each individual game, but from like a, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> or like that was a memorable tournament. I don't know that, um, this tournament will be that I'm going to, each individual game will be fun. So maybe that will in the end kind of raise, you know, rising tide raises all boats and will make the tournament, uh, entertaining. I don't know if that analogy works there, but I used it. Um, yeah, works for me. Yeah. Um, so Wisconsin gets they play on Friday, get the double bye. They play the winner of Rutgers, Michigan. Um, not, I mean, I guess we we beat Michigan twice. We lost to Rutgers we, at their. We split place. with Rutgers, or did we? We split. Yeah, yeah. We split with Rutgers. No, we split. Um, so I mean, I, you know, did we split with Michigan too? Uh, I know we won at Michigan. Did we play them okay. at home? I don't. I think we only played. I think we only played. Oh, we only Michigan. played them once. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Anyways, so, thanks, stats. So, anyways, winner yeah. of uh, Rutgers and Michigan. Um, you know, I mean, it's a here take game. Those are, are both teams that we just talked about. We've beat, but at the same time, they could be. They could rise up and and take out a Wisconsin on a, in a quarterfinal night or yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't. I'm, I don't want to pick one that I'd rather face out of chances that they face us and then beat us and then I look like an idiot. Uh, so mm-hmm. I won't. I won't do that. Um, I have concerns about both these matchups, but I thought that when we played Michigan, we had a very uh, good and interesting strategy against them. Let Xavier Simpson score, shut down their three point shooting, uh, and they seemed to. Xavier Simpson had 32 points or whatever it was, but the rest of the team seemed to struggle, and I think we could replicate such a thing. Um, it's going to come down to if we make shots, Marlo. Uh, if our shooting yeah. travels to Indy, um, we'll be a team to uh, to reckon with. If it doesn't, we clearly, we won't. So um, there we go. That's my analysis. If we make baskets, we're going to win basketball games. <laughs> if we score more points that's why, than the other team, yeah. yep. then we win. I like that's it. why Excellent you know analysis. that's why people listen to this podcast for that kind of, that level of analysis of basketball. Why we get paid the big bucks, Casey? Yeah, Oof. big bucks, <laughs> big bucks. All right, so that kind of uh, wraps up wraps up the uh, the Big Ten season. Next time we talk, it'll be tournament time, Selection Sunday. Ooh, very exciting! Yeah. Very exciting! Very exciting! Stuff. I think I, I think uh, Michigan State will win the Big Ten tournament. Ooh, okay. I think I think you're right. I think Michigan State will. I just don't. For some reason, I just want to keep Maryland from winning any sort. of – Yeah. Well, they they won a 
a share, share of the title this year, yeah. but I want to keep them out of like having a Big Ten title as long as possible. So as long as Maryland doesn't win, I'm good. Yeah, I didn't. I've watched a lot of Maryland losing basketball games lately, so I, it's just hard for me to see them winning. Uh, what do you got to win three in a row with a double buy? Um, granted, I don't really like how any of the people that they're they would have to face outside of Michigan State have been playing. Um, but it just seems hard for me to think that they'll win three games over relatively good competition uh, the way they've been playing. But yeah, there we go. Um, not Maryland. But uh, I think I think Michigan State will will win. Uh, there we go. That is big time. All right. Uh, quick note on women's hockey, Marlo. Uh, Wisconsin women's hockey lost uh, to Ohio State today in I think it was the semifinal of the conference tournament. Um, and then they had the selection. It had to be the final. I don't know. Whatever. They lost. Ohio State beat them in overtime. Um, so boo. Uh, on that um but then they had their selection sunday and there are apparently only eight teams marl in the women's ice hockey championship official bracket uh wisconsin is a two seed they'll face clarkson on the 14th which my calendar tells me is a saturday um for some reason they only number one through three or one through four excuse me on this it doesn't make any sense there are eight teams <laughs> you could just i don't know i don't know how it works um but I'm just looking at the bracket. Um, they are are the two seed, um, and ha- therefore have a home game uh, on the 14th, Marlowe. So uh, nice. check that out. That'll be in your your area. Uh, just a little little tidbit on women's hockey, uh, as I'll be tuning in to watch them um, watch them play on Saturday, two o'clock, two o'clock Central Time. That is. All right, be there. I mean, I won't be there, but people people should be. There. People will be there. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. the seats. All right. Anything else on Badgers? Uh, I don't think so. Men's hockey, not great. Um, not good. Not good. Uh, I think that's, football is still too far away. I think that's it for, for Badgers right now. All right. We can move on to the uh, professional ranks. Yeah. Looks like we got uh, NBA talk. This is the time of year where I forget <laughs> NBA and then the tournament ends. It's like, oh, <laughs> crap, and then it's yeah. playoff time. <laughs> yeah. There's that little bit where it's like trade deadline, all-star game. It's like, I'm ready for the NBA, and then... And then March Madness happens to really totally blank out. But uh, we had a little bit of a scare here for Bucks fans. Uh, well, first of all, they went to uh, to L.A., played played the Lakers, what was billed as a finals preview. Uh, didn't go the Bucks' way in that game, but most concernedly, um, Giannis tweaked his knee on a, on a weird layup. Of course, no foul was called. Scored the basket, and a guy... Kind of, he landed awkwardly on on a player who was on the ground, uh, and kind of looked like he was favored. His knee a little bit was limping after the game. He had an MRI. They found some, uh, was it joint or some socket damage or something? But apparently that was okay. It wasn't a, a cartilage tear or anything more important. It was a precautionary MRI, so he's okay. <laughs> so the Bucks fans could take a big sigh of relief. Uh, but kind of built off of that was. Um, LeBron had a very good game against the Bucks, and then they played the Clippers today, and he had a very good game there. The Lakers winning both of those games. So just warning everybody out there, warning you, Marlowe, get ready for uh, are we sure LeBron isn't in the MVP conversation, uh, which is a ridiculous comment in general because just by having the conversation about him being in the conversation means he's in the conversation. <laughs> so, like, what are you even talking about? And if the conversation is should he win MVP, no. <laughs> yeah, it should. And then it's not a conversation. So it's a really made-up conversation. And 
I look forward to hearing about it all week. And by that, I mean I don't look forward to it. And it will be excruciating to hear on every freaking show. Because um, guess what? LeBron's really good, but he's not the yeah. MVP of the league this year. Yeah. Yeah. So let's have a conversation about not being in the conversation. Conversation Got it. being in the conversation. It's so right. fr- it's Just, so frustrating. Yeah. And it wasn't planted by LeBron at all because LeBron doesn't care about winning MVP. Um, yeah. Per per LeBron. He totally wants totally wants Anthony Davis to win MVP. Totally. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The, so the other fun thing for Bucks fans, Marlo, is obviously yeah. recall there was a little bit of a Twitter not Twitter beef, real life beef even, but the Bucks fans have been Following it words. on Twitter uh, between one James Harden and saying that um, essentially that Giannis has no skill. Uh, and I don't know if it's since that conversation because I don't really remember exactly when that happened. But <laughs> the Rockets have lost four in a row to the likes of the Knicks or three of the four. Clippers vowed loss, okay? Um, but lost to the Knicks, the Hornets, and the Magic and Dang. have looked. Looked really, really bad, and Bucks Twitter and me as a Bucks fan have just been eating it up, eat absolutely eating it up, and all the, uh, you know, no skill James Harden comments. I've been loving every one of them, and it's been a lot of fun to just watch them not play well for four games, which uh, doesn't really matter or mean anything, but God, it feels fun in the moment. <laughs> there's way, yeah, there's way too much fun on Twitter going on with that. Uh, Harden yeah. oh, never great. said anything, but. That's that's what happens, man. You put it out there. That's that's the internet in twenty twenty. You're just yeah. gonna you're gonna have to take it. It's great. It's so fun. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. Your boy Yelich. Yeah. He's brewer for life. Brewer for life. It look, you know, or at least you know, nine years. Um, great contract. Uh, well, great guy. Not a great contract. It's a great contract. Uh, that's not how I meant to lead that in, though. Uh, I think just. A great signing for the Brewers to lock up Christian Yelich. Um, he seems like the perfect guy for a smallish market team like Milwaukee to lock down. Um, if you kind of juxtapose it with Prince Fielder and when they let him walk um, and sign Ryan Braun, I think they kind of made a similar analysis back then is this is a guy who should stay healthy had a freak knee injury last year when he fouled the ball off of his kneecap. I don't think you expect that to happen very often. Um, and should continue to produce. It is, a, I guess, a team-friendly contract compared to a Bryce Harper contract or Manny Machado contract. He outperforms both of those guys and will be paid significantly significantly less i think it's what 27 28 million dollars a year something like that it's a huge contract for in baseball for the brewers but to keep this level of a player in milwaukee is so significant um you know as we look at um Giannis in a year and you know that's a whole frustrating conversation that we have to have and hopefully we'll be able to keep him with the Supermax but the economics of baseball are different than that of the NBA or definitely NFL right we've kept Aaron Rodgers but the economics of the NFL are vastly different NBA is a little bit different but we can still offer Giannis the Supermax and keep him there Um, but to keep this quality of a player in Milwaukee is just so exciting as a Brewers fan and kind of the when he signed the deal and the way in which he talked about enjoying being a brewer enjoying the city of milwaukee it was just so heartwarming to hear it was awesome um 
and I'm, I'm I'm glad he'll be a Brewer for for his essentially his playing career, um, and just glad he, I'm just glad he's a Brewer and, and, and it's fantastic. And I know a little bit my back of my head, I'm like, yeah, the last few years have been great, but will the Brewers continue to make the playoffs every year? Probably not. Uh, if we're being if we're being honest, I think they've done a really good job of being competitive within the economic landscape that they have, and and the moves they made have been, I think, overall pretty good. They have a really terrible farm system, but um, some younger guys coming up onto the pro level. But uh, I don't. It's just it's just a great kind of. Uh, I get to watch Christian Yelts play baseball for the Brewers for it's a a decade, and that is a really cool thing that I get to look forward to. Um, and if you kind of think about that with what the Red Sox just did by trading Mookie Betts. It's kind of, it's kind of funny that small town brewers, right. Or small market brewers, um, sign their star. Whereas big money Red Sox trade their star and, uh, don't get to have him in their outfield for, for 10 years. It's crazy. Uh, and I'll take Yelich in my outfield for the next nine years at least. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, during this whole thing, Yelich has been saying all the right things, all the great quotes about how, Brewers in Milwaukee is the place to be and in, in, in place for him. And the whole time I read everything, I was like, yeah. And they also just gave you $250 million. So yeah. I'll take them all with a grain of salt. Not a grain of salt, but I just think I, I don't. I just thought it was funny. That was always in my head. Um, yeah. And he was, he was on an extremely team friendly contract. I think he signed an extension when he came over to the Brewers in the trade. Um, but yeah, I, I just, if you compare this to, you just have, I, in my eyes, I just have to compare this to what, um, you know, Harper and Machado just got last year, what Trout got, um, and what I think Yelich could have got from the Yankees or somebody, you know, if or whomever, you know. But like, if he had hit free agency, I think he would have made more money. So he, in my mind, he accepted less money to stay for the for the Brewers. He's still going to get a crap ton of money, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Feels feels great. Feels great. Um, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna end with All it. Right. Feels great. There we go. Feels great. Feels good. Feel great. Glad for you, Alex. Glad for you, Casey. Um, other baseball news. I guess it's yeah. uh, things on the internet. We call us things, things on, on the, the internet. internet. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Things on the internet. Things on the internet. We saw it on the internet. So yeah. <laughs> In baseball. <laughs> so over uh, the week, looks like the the Cubs. Put out a promo via their Twitter. Uh, it's uh, it's UW Madison night. Yeah, the uh, friendly confines. That was fun. Um, which sounds good, but I don't even know what the deal was. I guess oh no, you get like a hat with you. I think you get a hat, yeah. On it. And yeah, the Twitter, Twitter, the Wisconsin Twitter had a little fun with it. Yeah, uh, didn't didn't like it. I don't know. I uh, most of them. I think most of. Well, I guess let's look at it two ways, right? As Cubs fans, I don't know. Did you get any take on what Cubs fans thought of it? I don't think they were. Well, let's start with with Wisconsin fans first. Uh, yeah. UW, UW fan, Badger fans, right? Um, yeah. Most of them seem like, what the heck? Like, we're Brewers fans. This is weird, uh, which I get if you're, you know, in Milwaukee or something. But, Marlis, as a Wisconsin alum who lived in Chicago, uh, not me, you. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was gonna say yeah, that. Uh, I was, uh, <laughs> Bo, at, you as a alum who lived in Chicago, um, <laughs> quite a few Badgers there. Quite a few Badgers there. 
Uh, I yes. wouldn't say the most represented Big Ten school, but certainly one of the. And it makes I think it makes sense for the Cubs to do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they announced this with lots of Big Ten schools going forward. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. They're playing to their market. I think it's it's yeah. There are tons of uh, UW grads uh, in Chicago. Um, I think the promotion, like on its on its face, the promotion made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there are probably other schools, I, but I think it's funny they did announce this before they did an Illinois or Northwestern night, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I totally get it from the other side. I think there was one replying here um, that said, "If you cheer for both Wisconsin and Chicago sports, you are dead to me." So I'm officially <laughs> dead to to Nick. Thanks, Nick. Uh, <laughs> tough, tough. That's a tough break for you, Milo. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> tough. Man, that one hits hard. So, but yeah, I was. I think I was more. I'm more entertained about how <laughs> the reaction from Wisconsin fans and how how distraught they are about this promotion. Yeah, it I, it's like I said. If you if you like grew up in Madison or Milwaukee and then went to went to Wisconsin and then like moved back to Milwaukee, like I guess like but. I don't know, like most, I feel like most of my, as many of our close friends are from Chicago as they are from Wisconsin. So it's like, it doesn't seem weird to me. The crossover seems pretty good and like just spending a lot of time in Chicago and, you know, I, you, you go and watch a Badger game at a Badger bar and then it'd be Iowa and you go to Iowa bar and just rub it in. Like that's how (laughs) Chicago is. And it just, it kind of makes sense. And like I said, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago does this for um, I, most Big Ten schools. I could see them doing this for Iowa. I could see them doing this for Illinois at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably should yeah. get your in-state school. Northwestern, I don't think they would do it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how big the fan base is. Well, yeah. Well, Northwestern, Northwestern, but... Northwestern spends so much money priding themselves on Northwestern Chicago's Big Ten team. And then yeah. That, that and then is... this happens. That's tough. That's, <laughs> it's a tough break for, for that billboard. For sure, um, I could see. Yeah, I could see an Indiana one. Probably not Michigan or Ohio State. Maybe Ohio State. I could see Ohio State. There's a ton not, of Ohio probably State. not Michigan though, because Michigan's too too Detroit, yeah. too Detroit yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, but I could I could see other ones. So I, it didn't it didn't like offend me. I thought it was kind of funny uh, that everybody got so so upset about it. So but all all Brewers fans, all Wisconsin fans, got all bent on a shape out of it. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, gonna get the hat or <laughs> whatever. I'd pr- maybe I'll get it and leave it in a taxi or something. But <laughs> yeah, there um, you go. it's an Uber now. So. But there it's you uh, yeah, you might they might get it back to you. Oh, taxis won't tell you that. Jeez, <laughs> uh, how would they even know? Uh, technology <laughs> wasn't there. I don't blame the taxi. I blame Matt. Um, <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, from uh, from uh, uh, yeah. So that was that was it. Really, it, it was really a strange. Like everybody, it came out and everyone was just kind of like, "What?" So that was fun. That was yeah. fun. That but, doesn't happen yeah. too often. So that was that was fun. yeah. That was it. That was this, this was a fun. It was a fun tweet on the internet. That doesn't yeah. happen too often. Yeah. Um. A lot of people think going on thinking they got hacked. That's funny too. All right. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> That's it for things on the internet. I'm um, sure other things to happen, be to be we'll to be here. fair. It, the whole man, uh, what was it? The Minnesota Badgers thing at Target. Oh yeah, it yeah. was a little bit like that at first, where I was like, "Wait, <laughs> what? Is this? Is this did somebody just mess up?" Uh, 
but no, it was. Well, I guess it turned out turned out to be true. All right. Um, yeah, different things on the internet, but now we got the greatest thing on the internet, and that's Casey's quarter kick. <laughs> My God. Uh, quick one for you this week, Milo. Liverpool returned to winning ways. Uh, they did win, uh, two to one. Uh, it was a bit a bit nervy. They went down one zero. Scored two goals in the first half and held on to win two to one. Um, their goalkeeper didn't play. Allison hurt his hip, uh, so he might not play in the Champions League rematch this week against Atletico. Um, so Champions League is this week. Watch it. It's going to be on Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, I encourage you all to watch it. Liverpool plays Atletico. There are other games. I'm not going to get into them now. Um, so while Liverpool turned their winning ways, uh, Manchester City lost to Manchester United. This is the first time in 10 years that Manchester United won both games in a season against Manchester City, which is bizarre because City is a really good team and Manchester United is, to their standards, a very average to below average of what you would expect them to be. So that this is the year that that happens is, is really strange. So that means Liverpool gained three more points at the top of the league and, um, that kind of makes up for, their dropping points uh, last weekend against against Watford in that in that upset. So Liverpool kind of back to where they were atop atop the Champions League, and that doesn't seem to be much much in doubt. But uh, the real test now is midweek against Atletico, going back to Anfield, uh, down zero to one on aggregate. So need to get uh, at least one goal right to force. Um, to, you know, then you got the away goals and stuff. Marlowe. So, gotta win, gotta win uh, on on Tuesday um, for that. So, there you go. That's a brief uh, corner kick. All right, there it is. All right, corner kick. Um, Casey, we had some some things to talk about here. All right, COVID nineteen, aka coronavirus. Things are getting serious. Yeah. Um, I got a conference that was canceled was supposed to be this week south by southwest has been canceled there's college games being played in front of nobodies does this mean we have to cancel the podcast um well luckily marlo uh we podcast from a basement in the closet so um, <laughs> we're not around lots of people i have gone back and forth between being like deathly terrified of this of this virus to not caring at all. Uh, no, it's not right. Not caring at all is a bit strong, but to being like, yeah. okay, I'm way overacting and this is going to be fine. And then like I read a headline and then I'm like, need to stock up more food or something. Like I, yeah. I go, I waffle back and forth and, and stress myself out. Um, but uh, I don't anticipate it affecting our, our, our podcast unless one of us gets it and then can't record uh, that, Oof. that would affect it. But um it's not like we're traveling anywhere for our podcast. Let's let's be honest. So it should it should go on. It should go on. Um, but it is it is weird. Have you seen any games that? Uh, so Serie A, the Italian league. Um, notice how I said A with in the Italian A ah, there. Yeah, uh, that's how you could have could have noticed. Um, they played games this weekend in front of empty stadiums, and it's it's very eerie. It's very strange. Um, you can hear the players a lot better, and there's just kind of like a silence that, you know, normally there's like the background noise and the singing that happens during soccer games, and it's very yep. strange to, very strange to see, um, see that, so. 
uh, yeah, that was strange. And they're doing that in Italy. They haven't done it in any of the other soccer leagues. It's been a much bigger issue over in Europe than it has so far in the States, although it seems to be getting bigger uh, bigger in the States. And I was going to tie in my... Uh, oh, I know I was going to tie in my uh, at-home league. I didn't mention this during the, the corner kick. My old man league, uh, oh. Marlo. When, so, um, yours truly actually scored a goal this week. Yeah. What? Yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. I know. And literally my team acted like uh, Ballard when he scored at the end of the Wisconsin-Northwestern uh, game on senior day. They acted like it, I had never done anything like this before. And they're like, holy crap, Casey scored a goal. It's <laughs> like, you jerks. And then the other team scored 10 goals and we lost. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, what was your celebration? Uh, I, just, I, it was a subtle fist pump and a jog back. Uh, because So the goal was... Um, I had it, so it's indoors, so it's a smaller field, uh, and I had it on the right wing, and I had two players running towards the goal, and I went, I'm going to kick this as hard as I can <laughs> into the middle yep. and see what happens, and it hit off two of the other team's players and went in. There you so it go. wasn't nice. It wasn't really even a goal. It was like it just bounced off one of their legs and went in the goal. I need the tape. Uh, got which I totally to planned and meant to do. Fantastic. Need the tape. Fantastic. One goal in the season. Season's over, Marlo. Season's over. We didn't win a game. Oh, dang. Well, but there's always next season. Next session in two weeks. Next session. No. Oh, in in right two weeks. It started two weeks. Uh, we still draw on and uh, might get a win. Might, oh, we're feeling better. We're feeling better, Marlo, about next right. session. <laughs> Eternal optimist, our team. Our, our team is. All right. So, verdict is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to cancel the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it would be good. If you do, Casey, be careful because I was at Costco and there's no toilet paper. Uh, everyone's on a run for TP and hand sanitizer. So, better stop yeah, right now. We got we got uh, a stock of, of some TP. I saw people buying water and I was like, I mean, the water is going to work, right? Like, Yeah, water would be fine. Why are people buying bottled water? The water is going to be fine. That's well. That, that's that's like uh, pandemic one hundred and one. You just go buy canned food and water. Just that's what you have to do. It's just part of it. Well, canned food, sure, because then you have to go to the grocery store. But your faucet should work. <laughs> it's not like a disaster where, like, you know, the water might not work. The water. I mean, right? It's a, it's the water should work. work. It should work. work. Yeah. All right. There we go. All right. Well, yeah, that we're, we're not health professionals. Uh, I'm glad we, I'm glad we somebody else. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got. As always, guys, find us on Twitter at yeah. 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR, Casey at ProfBadgerFan. Uh, that's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? I'm sure that everyone was very worried of whether or not our podcast would would continue and they were like okay i got my toilet paper i got my water god i hope that 132 breeze podcast still comes out once a week because otherwise how am i going to get through this pandemic i'm sure that's what they were worrying about oh, okay Absolutely. <laughs> until until next time fellow fans i hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports